This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Oh, what a save by Shuttleworth! Oh, my! Hosted by former player and now loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken here on 1500 ESPN. I am your host, Jamie Watson, joined in studio this week with head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Adrian, how are you tonight? A little bit tired. Up early this morning, flight back, and been busy this afternoon, so... uh... But looking forward to my bed this evening. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been uh, been a bit of a whirlwind. The team was out Sunday, heading to Houston, Texas, for an Open Cup matchup last night uh-huh. in Texas, BBVA Compass Stadium. A bit odd. Normally, traditionally, Open Cup games are on Tuesday nights, maybe sometimes on a Wednesday. But with MLS being off for the World Cup, this week was a little bit different. You saw Portland play L.A., Last Friday night in an Open Cup game, there was a bit more flexibility in the schedule because no MLS team was playing this weekend. Minnesota United took on Houston Uh last night. A bulk of the games will be taking place tonight as well for the rest of the Open Cup. So your team heads down to Houston, takes on Houston Dynamo last night in the Open Cup. And for the first 45 minutes, a match your team thoroughly controlled. Yeah, I was... um... I was pleased with our ball possession. I was pleased with the circulation, if you like. I thought between both boxes that we dominated possession and worked well on creating the overloads and getting, you know, numerical advantage, whether it be down the sides or whether it be in the middle of the field. But, you know, in the final third, we we, we just weren't good enough. We didn't have enough cutting edge. And um, for all the possession that we had, um we certainly didn't create or weren't as clinical as I would have liked. And so the team makes it to halftime 0-0. Uh, I say the team makes it to halftime. Houston makes it to halftime because they certainly looked like they needed to be saved by the bell. The teams go to break. They come out of the break. And then on the 47th minute, a corner kick. Lundqvist... Curls it in with the left foot from the corner. Mauro Minotas gets on the end of it off of a set piece in the 47th minute. Scores, and then from there, it seemed as though it was a case of nearly almost, not just not quite, a couple of chances. Rasmus Schuller, Mason Toy, and then later on, about the 86th minute, a penalty is awarded for a foul on Miguel Ibarra, and Darwin Quintero steps up, hits the penalty, off the post, mm-hmm. and the game ends 1-0. Um, your thoughts kind of on the second half seemed to be uh, a very limited number of opportunities for Houston, yet they made the most of one set piece, and that's how the game ended. Yeah, I think it will be a lesson for young Carter Manley. Um, you know, ultimately, it was his man. You know, and he got beat. Whether you go... Man for man, whether you go zonal, some people split it. We split it a little bit. Colin Martin was in the near post hole. And to be honest with you, both of them didn't do the job. You know, Carter let him run off him. And then I feel as though Colin Martin didn't attack the ball in the near post zone. So a couple of decisions, a couple of poor um, 
decisions from the two guys and lack of concentration. And, you know, we, we often puffed, but we, we were, as I say, in the final third, you know, we didn't do enough. Although we did have, you know, probably the most clear-cut guilt chances of the evening. So that was disappointing. But uh, as I said after the game, you know, I, last night for me was maybe a watershed moment, certainly in my time here, that I think a lot of decisions need to be made. We've got a lot of big decisions to make on what we do and where we go to move forward. And, um, you know, we've got a, a transfer window around the corner and then we've got a huge one in the summer before we move into the, the brand new stadium. And I just think that we, we have to make a decision now of what we want to be and how we're going, going to go about being that. So for me, knowing you the way that I do, having been in the locker room after performances that were similar to what I saw observing the game last night, um, and then couple that with the quotes that you just mentioned. Um, take me through, I guess, what your frustrations were and what your mentality was, because I, I could, I could safely assume you were none too pleased at the end of the night, at the end of ninety minutes, because nobody's going to look back and see that you were the better team on the night, that you went to Houston, you took the game to them, and that you should have won. They're just going to see that Houston advances, and that's that. So, where does your frustration lie? Is it in not finishing chances? Is it not being more ruthless when you're getting two and three and four chances in the first half, yet you don't put one away? You're not able to to rescue a result late on with the chances in late in front of goal. What is where is your frustration? Your biggest one lie. Well, I, I think we, and this has been a criticism and, and probably a fair one from, you know, people within the club, people outside who watch us, that I think we readily accept defeat too easily on the road. Mm, okay. You know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm at a loss to, do, to, to sometimes come up with the answer from that. Because you know what I'm like in terms of preparation on the road. Yeah. I, th- I think it's the ultimate test for every football player is when you go on the road. It's all well and good when you've got 25,000 of your own fans at home and the marginal decisions sometimes go your way at home. You show what you like and what your personality is like when you're on the road, when you're up against it, when you have to dig in. And at this moment in time, we have too many games that where I'm not sure what we're going to get out of people. And I can't keep standing by watching this unfold before my eyes and wondering who it's going to be this week, who's not quite mentally prepared and doesn't stand up to it. And it's happened too much. And um, it's frustrating for an awful lot of people. But me, and, and, and importantly, that I, I, I can't keep putting up with it. I have to do something to change this. Now, if I have to change the personnel to get that mentality throughout the group, then that's what we have to do. And sometimes you have to make decisions that aren't popular. But I don't, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not sitting here trying to make decisions for for popularity. I'm trying to make decisions that this club continually is to get better. Certainly. And, and continually, as we, as we look at the group, I can see people coming in who are making the team better week in, week out. Because we, we can't carry on as we are doing on the road. We just can't do it. And one thing I thought that was interesting, you were quoted after the game, you said, obviously we're disappointed. I thought it was a little bit too late. I learned a valuable lesson today about this group, both individually and collectively, that will certainly help us moving forward. We've got to we've got to a stage now where we start to make some we where we have to start making some difficult and hard decisions on people 
and that is what we will do. I think tonight will turn out to be really to be a really good night in the long term. With that being that this is the forum where you can elaborate a little bit more than just the post game quotes. You've had 24 hours now to digest it all. Do you still explain that and go a little bit further on with what you mean by that? Well, I I have to be a little bit careful. I don't want to. I don't want this to be individually. Sure. I, I, but we, you know, I always. You've heard me say it a million times. Minimum requirement is maximum effort. Yeah. That, no, it should be for everything you do, not just a soccer game. I, we we can never guarantee that we're going to win. We can never guarantee that we're going to play well. You know what I can guarantee or should be able to guarantee? That every time we go on the field, we're physically and mentally prepared to roll the sleeves up and to fight and to play from minute one to minute 90. And we have too many times that we are not that team. So saying and, you'll be better in the long run from that. Well, I think it, it's got to the stage where I have to make a decision on this. And sometimes you have to make decisions to change the direction of where the team's going or the way that it sets up or the way that certain individuals play to move it on down the road. And, you know, I think we're at that, mo- that moment now where we have some critical decisions to make with the window coming up. You know, I, we, we've never said that this season, you know, was just a season to get ready for the... For the nope. for the new stadium, never, never ever that. said that. Nope. What I do know is that this team, with a little bit of help, is possible is capable of making the playoffs. But we can't make the playoffs if every time that we run out on the road, I don't know what I'm getting out of the group. So if I'm if that continues, I have to do something about it. We have to change. Now, where we change and which direction we go down, that's a decision that we'll have to sit around the table and come up with. But I I can't I can't sit and watch it every week. It's impossible. Okay. Well, I, I respect that decision. And having, having been a former player and now seeing it from the outside, I think that's the answer that a lot of people want their coach to be saying that situation because that is what needs to happen for the team to progress. And it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds, especially with another transfer window opening up in a couple of weeks' time. But here's what we're going to do. We are... We'll put a we'll put a bow on the Houston game there. We'll look forward to what lies next a little bit later in the show as the team heads to Colorado this weekend. It'll be interesting, another road matchup to see how the team is going to respond to that, Adrian. But what we will do when we come back, there's this little thing going on right now. It's about a month long, happens once every four years. Mm-hmm. A few people seem to watch it on TV. That little thing called the World Cup going on in Russia right now. What I want to do, Adrian, we're going to get your thoughts when we come back on the break uh, from the break about the World Cup, but then also we're going to get a guest caller on the line. We are going to get none other than color commentator from Minnesota United. Kendra D. St. Aubin will call. She will join in. We will talk about the fun predictions that we've been having on MNUFC.com with her, myself, a few others. I'm sure there'll be some banter about that. We'll hear some funny stories from the road. Still plenty more to come, so stick around. That's Adrian Heath. I'm Jamie Watson. Manny Hill's in the booth. This is the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. This is the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Adrian, this is like this. 
when you see me smiling, you don't know the answer. This is like high school Jamie with like the frosted tips, the puka shell necklace. Used to rocking out to this. Oof. You know That's, who this that is? Doesn't look, that doesn't look good. Hey, you take I'm just that. Just trying back. to picture that in my head. There were a lot of ninth and tenth grade hearts broken when freshman Jamie rolled up on Coppell High School with those frosted tips. Okay, go sugar, on, give it to us. There we go. One for All one right. tonight, Manny Hill. He's got our number so far. We'll see if we can stop him in the second He's half. He's got a here. little streak going. He's yeah. you're on fire, by yeah. the way. Absolutely yeah. on fire with this. Well, here we are. Last segment we talked about the Open Cup. This segment we're talking about a, a tournament that's just a tad bit bigger on the world stage. All eyes for this month. I call it the greatest month every four years. The FIFA World Cup going down in Russia, as you've seen all over. Fox, Fox Sports 1, the games are coming thick and fast now, day in and day out, two and three at a time, some days even four. And to help make sense of it all, of what we've seen in the, of what we've seen in the first week of the FIFA World Cup, we decided to dive a little bit deeper into the broadcast team and call in the help of Minnesota United's color commentator, Kendra D. St. Aubin. So Kendra joins us on the line now. Kendra, are you there? I'm here, guys. Hey, how are you how tonight? You doing? I'm good. How are you guys? By the way, I just have to say the frosted tip story. I, I had a hard time keeping myself from laughing too hard in the car, but it can't, it's got a rival Neymar's haircut, hairstyle in the World Cup. Does <laughs> anyone see yeah. that? Neymar's, Neymar's haircut will probably go down in the list of all-time worst haircuts, as I'm sure will my haircut freshman year. But that's neither here nor there. We're here to get the uh, the expert analysis. Let's move on swiftly. Yeah, let's get off of my bad haircuts. <laughs> yeah. I've had one or two of those in my day. And Adrian had a lot more hair before I ever met him, too. Oh, so I'm sure I'm not idea. responsible for that in any way, shape, or form. But I want to get you with the hard-hitting questions to start, Kendra. And I think it's only appropriate to ask you the big ones right off the bat. You ready for it? I'm ready for it. Okay. So I've Ken- been prepping all, all afternoon for this. Well, I think you've been, you've been prepping for the last 18 months, really, because you've been learning the answer to this question I'm going to ask you. What is it like traveling on the road with Callum Williams and myself? I mean, on a scale of awesome to really awesome. That is a hard-hitting question. I'm sure Adrian has quite a few more stories than I do, um, just his time spent with you. But, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting because I get to just hear the roommate stories since you guys all room together. I, I just suffer through on my king-size bed by myself in my room. It's a real struggle when you guys have to share your, your rooms with your queen-size bed. So, oh, I, I must be nice. <laughs> must be nice. The no roommate, just get to sleep in. I've got to listen to, to Callum snoring, <laughs> keeping me up. No, okay, so we'll ask you this the one. The best story is, I think, is, is it Cal that blow-dries his hair, or was it Durkey that actually used a hair dryer on They his actually hair? fight for the blow-dryer. <laughs> They actually take turns doing that. That's a fun fact about PR director extraordinaire Eric Durkee and Callum Williams play-by-play well, commentator. Look at, looking at the pair of them, I would say that Durkee wins that hands Durkee's the better blow-dryer, is that what you're saying? He, he probably <laughs> takes longer getting ready than you do, Kendra. Oh, man. You know what? That's that's probably not saying much. I kind of throw it together, but I, I love... Um, you know, being on the road with you guys and learning all the quirks and the dinner stories are priceless. Well, so. who's got the, who's got the funniest quirk out of 
Cal or myself or even Adrian, because Adrian, you'll, we'll see the coaching staff out and about at times and passing sometimes. So um, if you ever, do you ever see them down in the lobby or anything like that, or, or Cal and I, what do you see at dinner? What's, what's a funny story that the listeners may like to, uh, to know about us? Well, first of all, if anybody would ever be fortunate enough to just spend an hour with Adrian, the amount of stories that Adrian has from his soccer history and the place he's been, the people he's seen, the people he's met, you could literally just sit down. That should be, you know what that should be? That should be an auction item. Dinner with Adrian, you know, like you get 21 and up only, though. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, it's just the, just the hilarious stories and the places and the people that he's he's been with and seen. That in itself would be worth the price of admission. I bet we could get a lot of money. We raise a lot of money for a charity if you sold that. Hey, Adrian, how would you feel about that? You're making me feel very old. <laughs> <laughs> That's not old. That's just your amazing life experience. Yeah, I'm that just going to say, let's, let's, let's class it as experience, shall we? Yeah, experience. <laughs> I, uh, you're hearing the voice of color commentator Kendra D. St. Aubin of Minnesota United. Telling stories about on the road and and the funniest little quirks. Any uh, before we get down to the World Cup, the any- best story is the is the Michael Shields <laughs> Real Salt Lake training. Sort of oh. I that, one. <laughs> that would be bad. Can we tell that one on the air? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but Shields doesn't get embarrassed often, and you know it hadn't rained in days, and he sat down in a spot on the next to the fence and thought he found a nice spot in the shade and got up in the back of his. Trousers were a bit, a bit, uh, a bit a wet. Bit damp. And it had yeah. in days. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think the guys had found a spot before training. So I think so. He doesn't get embarrassed often, but that was probably one that we will laugh about for a long time. <laughs> Shields, <laughs> Shields is is one of the. You, you got to have a Shields in your roster on your squad. Oh, he is he is one of the best to travel with. All right, we could go on and on and on for days about the funny stories and the happenings that go on, but let's get down to the World Cup. That's going down in Russia right now. Kendra, we've had this really fun bit going on on MNUFC.com. The MNUFC Pick'em Challenge. Steve McPherson, Kendra DeSanob, and Callum Williams, myself, Jessica Lopez. And each week we have a, or each day, excuse me, we have a mystery celebrity from the Twin Cities partake, giving their predictions on the result of who's going to win. Currently, Kendra, you, Steve, and the mystery celebrity, are tied for the lead at seven. Callum and myself sitting just behind at six, and Jessica Lopez within striking distance at five correct predictions. You enjoying this so far? I'm loving it, but I I went over three I think today, and I've yet to pick a draw. I know we can pick draws, but I've kind of been just going with my gut on every pick, which some of them have worked out. But the amount of stoppage time goals that have already taken place and penalties, quite honestly, in this World Cup has been pretty insane but every game has something special i think that has happened in it i you know i don't probably the worst game that we've seen so far was the opening one of russia saudi arabia just because it was an absolute thumping but i feel like every game has had something something special or something that's kind of caught your eye in it um so it's i mean like you said it's the best thing every four years there's nothing better than just being able to flip on your TV every morning, especially when it's another country like this, you know, far away in Russia at 7 a.m., and you just know you're just going to be locked into soccer for at least the first, you know, six to nine hours of the day. What, uh, what's been your favorite game so far, Kendra? Well, I don't want to be like, you know, I'm probably very similar to a lot of people, but how can you not go with the Portugal-Spain game? I mean, did that game just felt like it had everything, not just a lot of goals, but 
you know, Ronaldo having not scored in a major tournament on a big stage like that and getting a hat trick in that match and then but then negative moments like Messi missing a penalty in the Argentina Iceland game, Germany, Mexico was exciting. So but my favorite I'd have to go with so far would be Portugal, Spain. The tournament needed that kind of a game at that time after the games that had come earlier in the day and that opening game with Russia, Saudi Arabia. By far my, my favorite game so far. If anybody isn't a fan of soccer after watching that game, then something's wrong with them. Yeah, I don't think you have a pulse if you didn't enjoy that. From the neutral, neutral's perspective, six goals in that one. Uh, the best best game so far for me as well. Adrian, what about you? What's been um, your best game so far? Obviously, love that game. Yeah. The fact that Ronaldo the comes drama. up again. You know, it, it's incredible. You know, you've heard me always say it, the English expression, cometh the hour, cometh the man. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him special. That's why mm-hmm. we always talk about. That's why they get paid the most money. That's why it's not all his abs and his no. great facial features. No, not no, no, that. But what people don't rec- realize, and I've known people who've known Ronaldo since he was like seventeen, eighteen years of old age when he first came. For him to still be doing this now, like 15, twelve years, thirteen years later, is incredible. It's nuts. People, people don't understand how difficult it is to continually week in, week out. Come up with the goods, and especially, you know, when the only medal he hasn't won is the World Cup final. And you, you know that he's going all out. It, it was a great game. Hey, by the way, Diego Costa scored two great goals. And yeah. No, one's mentioned it. Yeah. no one's no, talked about that. Yeah. Individual yeah. efforts are incredible. The, mm-hmm. the goal from Nacho. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some bad oh jokes God, I saw flying on that. Yeah. But by the way, I thought that um, it was great seeing Mexico beat Germany. Anybody mm-hmm. beating Germany for me is good, but it was the Mexicans, and they. I thought Juan Carlos Osorio really set them up well. Yeah, a little bit mm-hmm. of a gamble, left too high. When every time the Germany turned it over, off they went, and they were, they were probably one final ball from maybe winning that game three or four because they oh, were set yeah. up, they were set up so well, and mm-hmm. and obviously today, I think today's been great for the tournament. Japan beating Colombia and Senegal. Yep. I hope you remember, Kendra, who it was who said Senegal might be the dark horses of the tournament. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that was you on our panel. Yeah. I, did you get, and you got laughed at on Yeah, I got like laughed out on that one, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, we got a funny story uh, in the next segment, actually, about that. So you're going to want to stick tuned in the next segment to hear a funny, funny story and, and kind of a cool story about Senegal and maybe as a reason as to why Adrian won in Senegal. That'll be in the next segment. But now you've got Kendra D. St. Alban, color commentator for Minnesota United, kind of going through the World Cup, where we stand now, what's been this, the best game so far, standout performances. And now, Kendra, as we've seen the teams all play their first game and towards the end of today, we actually saw Russia and Egypt play their second mm-hmm. game of the tournament. Where things stand now, do you still feel confident with your pick with Germany or having seen everyone play? Are you changing your prediction on who you think will win the 2018 World Cup? You know, I'm going to stick with Germany, but I was not super confident in how they actually looked against Mexico. I thought they didn't look as disciplined, and um, they had some mistakes in the midfield, some turnovers that really threw me for a loop. I mean, we all know it can happen at any time at any level, but there were just some uncharacteristic things from them and some giveaways that didn't seem like the normal Germany team that we're used to seeing. But I'm going to stick with them. I think they're going to pull through. It's a tough group, um, and you never know what can happen once you get into the knockout rounds and out of those group stages. But I'm going to I'm going to stick with Germany. I think they got their their feet under them now. They got that. That's a tough first match in group play, and I'm sure the adrenaline was just pumping and. 
I think uh, I'm going to stick with Germany on this one. All right. Well, that's a, that's a we'll see how that plays out. They're sitting fourth right now after losing to Mexico in Group F, but just one win could catch them right back up into first or second, which has them advance into the knockout stage. Adrian, is this the point where, much like every Englishman across the globe, mm. when you win one game in the World Cup and the dying moments? You start to even more believe that England, this is their year to win it, or are you sticking with your original prediction of Spain? When did the U.S. play? Oh, no, no, they haven't made it. Oh, it. we're oh. doing that one. Oh, good. Oh, shots fired. Yeah. Good um, one, Aiden. Good one. So, How did it go for England when they played yeah, the U.S. in the last World Cup? Yeah, let's, um, let's talk about the teams who were competing. So uh, <laughs> I actually thought that for 25 minutes, England were terrific. I really mm-hmm. did. They were really good to start. And the big thing is, you've heard me say it on this show a million times, big moments you have to score. In England, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's 1-0. Tunisia, hang around. You make one silly mistake. And they eventually, they got out to jail late on. And, it, and they, they can't play as well as they did and miss the opportunities they did. Um, I still think that Spain, you know, it was a great performance and it was only the magic of Ronaldo coming up at the end. I was really pleased the way that Spain played. Um, and, you know, I really enjoyed watching and I felt so sorry for him. Peru. Yeah. Peru, were, I thought Peru were excellent. Just piling it yeah. on and still couldn't and, and find. missed the penalty, you know. So um, I was sitting at Brits right next to a t- like a whole room of Peruvian fans. And when that guy failed that penalty, oh, that oh must have been gosh, devastating. I, did, I felt awful. But the... the Energy and the enthusiasm from those people—I mean, it was—it was amazing. They were so excited. I think. I think the great thing now—we're at that stage where everybody's got something to play for this next game. Yeah, the, so many upsets. The, the and everything. second game. Well, you look at that group with Japan, Colombia, uh, Senegal, and Poland. You know, Japan are on three points. Senegal are on three points. So the two favorites. Poland, Colombia, they have to win in the next game. And one of them could be out. One of them's out if, yeah. they, if they lose. So, you know, the second games are always really interesting because there's so much riding on them, as Egypt found today. Unfortunately, yeah. they don't virtually now. They're yeah. out. I mean, so after, it's, after it's, dropping two, yeah, there's, there's so, I mean, I saw they have like less than a 1% chance of making it through now or some, something it, crazy exactly. like Exactly. So the, the games in the next few days now with the second game are so important. So much riding on them. So I think if you're a, if you're a neutral, you're not sure about football or the soccer, what's these next few games? Because the drama for me will only now start to ramp up with, with the, what's, on st- what's at stake on these games. Certainly. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're up against a break now. So we'll, we'll give our thanks to Kendra D. St. Aubin for joining us. But before we have you leave the line, um, Kendra, tomorrow's picks, give us a, a sneak peek. If you head to MNUFC.com, who are you going for tomorrow's games? Tomorrow's a, a full slate of games. I know it's going to be uh, – it'll be important because right now you went 0 for 3 today. Who you got for the games tomorrow? Yeah, I was really hurting today. I mean, as I was watching that unfold, I felt I felt a little let down uh, that I didn't do better today and I didn't, you know, come out with some winners. But no shockers for tomorrow. I'm going Portugal, Uruguay, and Spain. There we so go. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one picking that in the world, but you would think that those three teams have got to find a way to come up with some wins tomorrow. Yeah, you like going out on a limb, then, Kendra? Yeah, going out on <laughs> Are you, really are you sure of that? There's nothing like really having to go for it. The three heavy ask, favorites ask tomorrow. Jamie who he, ask Jamie who he picked for tomorrow. 
Yeah, I think we'll probably go with the same. Thing. Yeah, we're probably going with the same one tomorrow. All right. Yeah. Well, this was uh, this was awesome, Kendra. Our big thanks to you for joining in tonight uh, on the show. Thank you for certainly raising the level. Uh, stick around. We want to. We're going to come back thanks, to that guys. story we talked about in the next segment with Adrian, and maybe why he selected Senegal to be a dark horse. I think he knows somebody on that team very well, and may very well be responsible for that player playing in the World Cup. Find out who that is when we come back. This is the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. And five. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. When Adrian Heath dances, when we come back from break, chances are he knows that song. This is a pretty easy one. Go on, Adrian. Give us OJs. The OJs, yep. What's the name of the song? There we go. Why do I have a feeling? I've been involved in the love train a long time, many times. I'm going to assume you meant like sort of like a dance, like a like exactly. a soul train, like a Congo. Congo yeah, kind of like yeah, one of those yeah, with yeah, some yeah, with yeah, some yeah, bad yeah. bell bottoms on. Yeah, plenty of a <laughs> lot more hair. Plenty of material. The molly hanging down the back. Beautiful. So, yeah. Beautiful, just the Actually, way I imagined about it, the look 80s. A pretty sight. <laughs> got to be honest. There's something you can't unsee. Talking crystal thing. tips. God, I never saw that. <laughs> uh, welcome back. That's Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. Manny Hill's in the booth for this segment. We were talking before the break with uh, Kendra D. St. Aubin. We talked a lot about the World Cup. We teased a little bit of a interesting story and as to why you were selecting Senegal as a dark horse, they made you look like a genius with a win today, two to one over Poland. That was a big result for them. And I want to touch on why maybe that was kind of exciting for you. There was a player on the bench today. He didn't feature in the game. Uh-huh. He was a late addition to the squad named Adama Mbenge. 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 Yeah. You know you, him well as well. You grabbed him. From a scouting trip in Senegal, and you actually found him, signed him to Orlando City when they were with USL USL Pro at the time in 2012. Does that sound right? Yeah. And all these years later, he finds his way into the World Cup roster with Senegal. How does that come about? How did you find that player and and, and Adam in particular? Well, Salif Diaw was probably one of the the great players of Senegal history as a so uh, played for Stoke played, played for, for a host of teams yeah played, played a big 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 player in uh, in France literally and figuratively yeah and um I got to know him at Stoke and um we we started to get a little relationship with Salif and he started to he had a little academy down in uh, Dakar in Senegal invited me down so we went down and I saw this little skinny kid on the wing who was like beating people and had a wand of a left foot, kept crossing it in the box, and we'd we'd been to look at other people, and then you know you just see this kid, and I'm saying, what about this kid? He went, oh, he's a bit young now, but we anyway we took a flyer on, and we brought him in. You'll remember, yeah. He come in and you know couldn't speak a word of of English, maybe 115 pounds soaking wet, yeah. But worked hard and a good kid. Smile was never very far away from his Just face. loving life in beautiful yeah. Florida. So we took him and we took an, another kid. I don't know if you remember, called Omar. Omar. Diakite, uh, yeah. yeah. So Omar now is in second division Portugal, you know, and he's doing well. So eventually we couldn't get a deal for Adamar to keep him and take him in the MLS. But he's, he's now resurfaced in France. He's playing in the Premier League and... Uh, I was just so happy for him. I, I didn't see the bench today. I can't wait to see that smile. I saw a picture of him uh, yeah. walking on the field afterwards. He, they, they shot to him when they showed all the players after the game. He was on there. 
happy as could be joining in all the dancing. That's the one thing I always remember, always smiling and dancing over everything. And one of my one of my great memories of of going scouting is actually going to his house and seeing the conditions that they lived in. There's like 15 people in two rooms and wow. cooking outside in the little in this little garden with his goats in the garden and his favorite brown goat. It's it's a strange <laughs> thing, but I can still remember it. It was as if it was yesterday. And uh, that's incredible. A, a few years later, I went back home and I uh, went back to Senegal, and Adama was in America. And I managed to get on Skype Adam had to talk to his mum and dad, and he didn't know I was doing this. Oh, man. So that was quite an emotional Incredible thing. story. Something I'll never forget. You know, me actually being like the go-between about getting their son to actually see them. And it was so, it was a, it was a real special thing that we did. And, um, you know, I'm just so pleased for the kid. That's ho- incredible. Ho- hopefully he'll get on and uh, we can say that we've played with somebody or we've worked with somebody, Jay, who's been in the World Cup. It's incredible how you changed the shape and the trajectory of Adama's life, finding him, scouting him, bringing him to, to Florida. And then now he's playing in a World Cup. Well, and you, you give people an opportunity and you hope that they take it. Yeah. And I think, you know, as, as we always say, you can open the door for people, but once you walk through it, it's up to you. And uh, I'm glad to say that this kid is, uh, he's worked really hard and he's got to be, he's got to be where he wanted to be. So, but hey, we helped him along the way a little bit. Yeah. And he certainly helped himself. And that's great. The, the story about getting the FaceTime. I can't even get a text back from you, but that's fantastic. You're willing to go halfway around the world to set up a Skype. That's well, great. You're down the road. You're not in Africa. You're taking me for granted at times, Adrian Heath. That's Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United. Now let's switch gears from the World Cup. A lot of great talks, a lot of great story, a lot of insight from Adrian Heath. Kendra D. St. Aubin joined us earlier. Now let's talk about the MLS front. Two changes, one in particular that I know hits close to home for you. First off, New York City FC, Patrick Vieira has gone to Nice in France. Uh, Dominic Torrent takes over a wealth of experience under Pep Guardiola, one of the best coaches in the world. Real quick, your thoughts on that, because I think we're going to want to dive a little deeper into the second coaching change. Well, I think it, for me it was a little bit of a surprise because I know that Patrick Vieira was incredibly well thought of in the Man City uh, clubs, if you like. Which they have a partnership, Manchester City, yeah. for those that don't know. kind of New York City FC is a sister club. They have one. They have four around the world. Is yes. that right? Yeah, yeah, four of them. And this was one of them. So and, it wasn't crazy to think he could have climbed the ranks. Well, I, I know for a fact, because I know people within that club really, really well, people who run that club, that they were ear- earmarking Patrick for maybe when Pep left. Wow. So he, he had a lot to... This was a big decision for him to make. But he's gone to, you know, he's from that, he's from the south of France. Right. Nice, brand new stadium, brand new facilities. Probably thinks, hang on, Pep signed a new deal. Can I wait another four years, five years for when Pep leaves Man City? Have I missed the boat then? And it was a difficult decision for him. And I was really surprised that, you know, Terence left to be, he's been 11 years with Pep, which he's generally been 11 years of winning. Yeah. So this is a, lot a of trophies. this is a big decision for the club and a big decision for him. The interesting part now is how he's going to cope with MLS. MLS and the rules and the structure. It's not quite the same as everybody else. As you found out. And so uh, another big coaching change, Orlando City mm. fires Jason Christ. Or I think the, the correct term was they mutually agreed to part ways Adrian, this was something that you experienced in the summer of 2016, yep. a club that you brought from literally nothing to MLS, 
a club that you obviously poured a lot of your time, energy, efforts in, very similar to what you're doing here in Minnesota. You did that. A lot of people are going to be interested to hear your thoughts of it. And I don't know. Have you spoke on it yet? No. This is your first time speaking on the firing and kind of your thoughts. What are your thoughts of Jason Christ being fired from Orlando City? Firstly, I have to say this as a fellow manager, coach, there's always sympathy for the manager when he loses his job because people just think, oh, he's got a fire, he'll be okay. What they don't realise is how, how much that hurts when you suddenly, whether we like him, whether you like the club, whether you, these people pull their heart and soul in. And the last thing he wanted to, be, to do was be leaving his job. Then I think of the family, the wife, the children, he's got two young kids who go to school. People don't always think about what the reaction is to them because I know it hurts them. You know, your wife is feeling for you. So I feel for him in that way. I'll, I'll say a couple of two, two things which I think are really important. I'm going to ask you the question, a yes or no. Does Jason Christ get the sack if they are win one, lose one, win one, lose one, and not won the six, first six and then lost the second six? So if they had still been the same points and above the red line, which they are just in the playoffs. It's in sixth place. Do you think he gets fired? No. So why should we... You know, at the end of the day, he's, he's in playoffs. And secondly, which I think is really important, they had probably the biggest over, overall of the staff. They had 14 changes of players. In the offseason, the they offseason. went all in pretty much, essentially. Well, they got in and like, Justin Merrim. When we went down there, that's what Jason Sasha said. Sasha Kleshton. We, we've gone all in this year. Dom Dwyer, you can keep going. I mean, Dom was Spencer, a... You, they've you, got uh, El Munir, they've got yeah. uh, Tarek. Yeah, you go through it. Jonathan Spector as well. Exactly. So, you know, Yotun, Yuri Rissal. Yeah. So they've gone 14 Yotun players. playing in the World Cup with Peru. Exactly. So, I, I just think that, you know, he, he deserves it a little bit longer. And and I honestly think that, you know, whether he'd have turned it around, I'm not, I don't know. But I think he deserved a little bit more time. To integrate 14 new players, get everybody on the same page, is difficult. And, uh, you know, I, is it a knee-jerk reaction? I don't know. But we'll see. You know, obviously it's a club that will always be close to my heart, and I want them to do okay. But I, I just think that this was a little bit harsh, I feel. So Bobby Murphy takes over an interim manager. One Bobby our, Murphy one of our friends. is yeah. somebody that you and I both uh, have had the the pleasure of knowing for about a decade now. Uh-huh. He was your assistant manager in Austin. There was always the thought, was he going to make the move to from Austin to Orlando? Ultimately, he did. But towards the end of your tenure yeah. at Orlando City, now for the second time, he was the interim manager uh, when you left. And now he is the interim manager again currently. What are your thoughts on Bobby Man- or Bobby Murphy being the manager? And, and does he deserve a look as the permanent full-time coach? Well, I, I think the most important thing is that, that they know they've got a safe pair of hands. They've got somebody who actually will go in. You know what his personality is. He's got a great personality. Most mild go- manner. Exactly. Calm and demeanor. He, he used w- to come in and give it. He was the yin to your yang. You'd yell yeah. and scream at us at halftime. And really? you'd go, right, as I know Adrian... <laughs> This is what all of that means, and here's yeah, yeah. how we fix this, you know? Yeah. And he was, he's, he's, he's a good coach, and he, like you say, I think he'll be a really calming influence because I don't think people realize what happens in a football club when there's a complete changeover. You know, CJ's gone. Miles, Miles Joseph, gone. CJ so, Brown. Exactly. I, I'm not, did Timmy Mulqueen go as well, I, I don't the know goalkeeping coach? I know the other two have left as well, so, you know, it's going to be a change there. 
because obviously that that was J- Jason's inner circle. They would have done all the work, all the coaching. So Bobby will come in. He'll keep it. He'll keep it simple. I know he will get the players on board because of his personality. I don't know. We we uh, today. I'm hearing Dunga. I'm hearing Philip Scolari. So I would be surprised if they don't end up with a Brazilian. Um, for obvious reasons, you know, the club is run now by Brazilian. It's got a, a huge Brazilian influence. So um, we'll see where they go. You know, it's um, but uh, it's it's a big decision they have to make because all of a sudden now, if this one doesn't go well, you, you could be on your fourth manager before you know where you are and you've only been in the league three years. Wow. No, great insight, Adrian. Very, very great to hear what you have to think of it. I know a lot of people will be listening and I think the headlines, you know, of that, Jason, I think he deserved a little bit more time. You know, I think that's a very a very sympathetic, a very well thought out way of looking at this situation because I know that there is knowing you the way I do, I know that that situation of how much was vested in Orlando, I know what was put into it and then to have it end the way that it did, maybe not in the best way, that's me speaking, not you. Um for you to have that outlook on everything, I think that that shows um, a lot of respect for Jason for the club. Well, I think he's he's, he's everybody does their best, and uh, as I say, I just think when I when I look at where they are, had they been bottom of the league, then I might have had a different opinion. Sure, you know, but but they they're in the playoffs. You know, there's a still what we just are we a third the way through. If that, yeah, you know, so thereabouts, yeah, so. Interesting to see. We'll see how it, how it plays out. We'll see who they hire. Yep. Um, and I'm sure we'll get your reaction on that um, if and when. But for now, Bobby Murphy taking the helm for Orlando City. We've got one more segment left, Adrian. Okay. When we come back, we'll preview the matchup this week in Colorado as Minnesota United returns to MLS play. And we will end with Rate Cal's call, as always. That's Adrian Heath. I'm Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. This is the Adrian Heath Show. Presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. One final segment here on the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken. Adrian, you're dancing. You're going to go three for three tonight. This Manny is probably Hill. the easiest one of the night, Easiest right? one of, of the entirety of the Adrian Heath Show. Go on. Give us the singer. Well, I, everybody knows it's Adele, you know, rolling yeah. in the day. But by the way, we should all get this because if she's not the best female singer now, certainly one of them, would you think? Oh, yeah. Just pure voice, pure oh, talent. Unbelievable. Incredible. Unbelievable. Big fan. All right. Minnesota United returns to league play this weekend, taking on Colorado away at Dick Sporting Good Parks. This will be a big matchup as you return to MLS play from the, the bye week and the MLS break. Give us a quick preview and a familiar face. Well, Minnesota United fans will be excited to see. Yeah. Um, I think it's a big game for us because obviously uh, Colorado have been going through a difficult spell at this moment in time. Um, we know what to expect. They've, they're very set in the way that they're going to play. They'll play their five at the back and three in midfield and the pace up front of, you know, Badgie and whoever. Um, so it's, you know, it's a big game for us because I think it's seven defeats on the trot for them. So you know what it's like, Jay, when you've been through this, they'll be desperate and they'll come out firing, especially at home. They'll look at our away record, which we all know has not been good enough. They might see this as a, an opportunity to break that, uh, Break that uh, spell at that run that they're on, but we have to be ready for it. We have to go there and be strong and defend well when we can, and and uh, play with confidence and, and look to catch them on the break because you know they have conceded goal at home. Yeah, uh, 
winless in 10 for yeah. Colorado. It yeah. will be a it will be certainly a big match and we'll see the return of uh, Sammy Nicholson. Yeah. It'll be great to see Sam. Uh, a lot of good memories with uh, with Sam both on and off the pitch. Players yeah. alike will be excited to see him as I know you will, Adrian. Great kid and um, obviously as I say sometimes when you 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 make decisions it's you have to do it for the best interest of the club. Right. Sometimes not of the individual cuz he was a, he was actually a, a pleasure to work with every day. Yeah, not a, not an easy trade, but that that's a trade that netted Eric Miller. So that's been a great one so far for both parties, I believe. So here we go. That time of the week, it is time to rate Cal's call. Callum Williams, give us a goal call. We're going to go way back. Cal needs a big big week. By he the way. needs a big week, and to do that, we've gone to the Brazilian playmaker Ibsen. Way back, March seventeenth, at home against the Chicago Fire, Ibsen gets on the end of the cross, scores his first goal in MLS. And Adrian Heath, it is time for you to rate Cal's call. Crookley continue to move. Finley. In Chanel again. Miguel Ibarra's ball in. Ibsen! What's a save for the full Ibsen! Finally! A first of the season in front of a home crowd. And it's Ibsen who makes the Minnesota stage his own. Ibsen makes the Minnesota stage his own. Um, I'm going for the a, a, a safe seven. A safe seven. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't love it. You didn't hate it. Huh? You didn't love it. You didn't hate it. It's, it, it's what we expect from Cal. It, it, you know, he brings the excitement with his voice. I want more adjectives. That's when I'm thinking. That's Cal's that's a, how good Callum Williams is. A yeah. seven is feels like a low score. Yeah, exactly. It's unbelievable, Callum Williams. Hey, he's, he's, he's under pressure. He's got to come up big in the next few weeks. Well, you know what. Stick with us because we got more World Cup coming. We're going to have to come up big in the next couple weeks. But, Adrian, thanks again for your time tonight. Pleasure, mate. All right. For Adrian Heath, Manny Hill in the booth, I'm Jamie Watson. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, you can podcast this, podcast this on 1500ESPN.com. This has been the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken. Thanks so much for listening right here on 1500 ESPN. You've been listening to The Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the sports wire. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, Ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.